0: Hi, and it is my absolute pleasure to have you here in my community immunity podcast and having such a special guest, someone who I love and adore dearly. And yeah, I just realized this morning when I remember we were talking, I realized that part of me I'm doing this is because I get to hang out with really cool people.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, hi, welcome, reason. Hi, it's beautiful. I'm really honored and happy to be having this conversation and the same thing like i i miss not seeing you as much i'm just like yeah we can hang out and and chat
0: have this meaningful conversation yeah and instead of intro oh it's my pleasure so instead of introducing you myself i would love you to share with us like what is it you do because i know the question of like who are you it's too big and it might take us a whole hour but I would love you to introduce yourself and like, what is it you do and about your beautiful studio and the work you do?
1: So I guess the, the label that people understand is I'm a full-time yoga teacher and it was not always my path. Like long story short, I was a professional international marketer for 10 years before that in high tech industry, like miles away, <laughs> but that's what I've been doing for the last five years is teaching yoga full-time and that includes teaching indeed in yoga studio. I teach quite a lot in companies, in schools, universities and indeed I have my own yoga studio in this little beautiful corner of Switzerland. So I usually say this is the label that people understand but what I do, I create space for others and so that they can live their better version of themselves their higher potential and that goes through yoga so people find movement and freedom in their body through mindfulness to extend their awareness and and also just find a bit more grounding and expansion and also through community to find a sense of connection and belonging so again The label, I guess, is yoga teacher. What I do, I feel, is like creating space for others. And then it can take shape in different ways. Could be teaching a yoga class. It could be doing more of a coaching session with someone or teaching personal development or mindfulness to professionals or or young adults ready to jump into the world. So Mm. yeah, it takes different shapes.
0: Yeah. And it's really beautifully summarized because a couple of weeks back, I had a colleague, a friend of mine who is also a coach who's never done yoga and you know she was asking me about it and how you describe what is it you do you didn't actually even mention like the physical part or the asanas and i think where we are and especially in the last 10 years with the yoga industry it is so driven in just the physical part so like i love how you actually you know answer my question like oh you know as a label i'm a yoga teacher but i create space Can you please tell me a little bit more about this importance of like creating space? Yes. Well, the
1: thing is, I feel we can sometimes be feeling restricted. And for some people, it would be on the body level that you feel restricted or you don't trust your body or what your body can do. And then sometimes it's on the mind level that you feel, you know, stuck or stressed or just, you know, driven by fear or limiting beliefs and all that. And so, I strongly believe that yoga, and I want to say like with, you know, the big why, the, the the wider sense of yoga, and not just the physical practice, can be a tool to reconnect us and to indeed open us physically, mentally, emotionally. And it goes way beyond the physical practice indeed. Now, what I would say still is, because, you know, you see, like you say, you see the booming of yoga everywhere and all funny different practices that come and, you know, trends and everything. And, I often reflect and be like, oh, you know, is that a good thing? And I believe like it's fine because ultimately I believe in this practice and I believe in what you can do for individuals, for the world, for communities. And I also trust the practice so much that I know that if someone comes into the studio because they want to learn how to do full splits or to stand on their head or because they just want a big workout and sweat it out, they'll get that. But I also know that eventually something else is going to happen. Mm-hmm. So if that's what brings them to the room the first time, fine. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a bad reason to come. You really did get moving in your body and reconnect and move differently. So, you know, that's a good reason to come to it. And I just trust that they'll find that it's something more. Mm-hmm. So we don't even need, you know, it's like, in a way, it's like, if they come on that base, it's okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's an experience and, I remember 10 years ago, I have a friend, her name is Nova, and we were talking about exactly the same topic. And we were like, it doesn't actually matter why they start to get to go to yoga. It's like once they are in it and they experience it, it's very unlikely that people go like, oh my God, I hate it. So I love that you're describing it. And I guess the creating space, I come back to it in terms of like how then, you, how do you do, how do you create space? Because we started to have an early conversation when we connected now about, yeah, we're not perfect. And just because we're like, I'm a coach and you're a yoga teacher doesn't mean that our cup is always full. So I just would love to, yeah, talk about it.
1: Absolutely. And I love that you mentioned this because I think that is also what happens sometimes. And sometimes what can make it feel unaccessible because if people have this image that, you know, if you're a coach or a yoga teacher or something, it's like, oh, but, you know, I, I can't be like that. Like, you know, putting kind of people on a, on a higher level or on a pedestal thinking like, oh, they've got it all figured out. And I kind of say like, oh, no, like the reason we're here is because we, <laughs> we haven't figured it out. And we're on the search just like everyone else. We might just be like a little bit further on the learning path because we just, you know, had a bit more of a head start in their learning than this other person who's just walking in for the first time. But I'm just like, I was you just, you know, X number of years ago and I'm still, you know, on the path. So um, I think it's really important to also have these conversations of being like, it doesn't mean you're going to become perfect or you're going to have it all figure it out. What it is though, is that it gives you tools that you can face the world in this, you know, and better response to the world's demands and to your life demand and to your own experiences and, and shadows. And so I love that you mentioned that part of just like, you know, people might have this idea that, you know, yoga teachers and coaches, or, you know, we have it all together. And it's like, oh, no, we don't. And I like to portray and I try to portray that too, you know, in that, you know, we have a voice these days through social media, through our communities. And I think it's important to have these honest voices. Now where I find yoga to be wonderful for myself is that it, it casts a light on my own shadows, and mm. where maybe before there was a sense of I wouldn't say avoidance, but just ignorance about the things that you know I was doing or the patterns that were maybe leading me into my relationships, my choices and things like this, I feel that the yoga practice has open that sense of truth, you know, you're on your mat and you're, you know, balancing on one leg and you lose your balance. You can find all the excuses to present to the world as to why you lose your balance. You know, oh, the person next to me moved too much or, oh, you know, my foot is like this today or the yoga mat is not sticky enough. You can have these sort of, you know, stories. But I think ultimately, you know, <laughs> it's because today you're not balanced. hmm Mm-hmm. And that's what I call, you know, the truth of the yoga practice and what it has brought for me is that sense of it brings me to a place of real honesty with myself as mm-hmm. to, you know, how I feel and how I move. And
0: and in that sense, it does create space. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm thinking now about like two things you said. One is about like, like having the tools or or kind of access to these different choices and staying playful because... One thing I noticed, like, the yoga practice is never finished. Like, there can be a day where I feel really strong and balanced, and then the next day the same thing happens, and, in com- like, I'm completely out of balance. And that's, like, that's what it is about life, is just being a bit more compassionate about, well, today is not my day, or today, this hour, I feel a little bit different. I think that's, that's the beauty of it, rather than having this competitive self, that I really have to do this with, like, attention or you know resistance doesn't work like yeah and you know I I come back to this creating space yeah please go ahead. No sorry I just wanted to
1: jump in with what you say it's just like indeed like the practice is a beautiful way to become aware of the impermanence of everything Mm -hmm. and in that sense it brings that better sense of connection because indeed you have these days where you know it's like almost the moment you walk onto your mat you do that first down dog you feel like wow, today there's strength. Mm-hmm. And then some other days you go there and and you're exhausted after sitting for two minutes. Mm-hmm. And in that sense, it's a beautiful just a way to check in and to realize that impermanence of things, So just maybe one day I can do something, tomorrow I cannot do it. Mm-hmm. Equally valid. Mm-hmm.
0: And I do want to come back to that choice you made, the brave choice you made in your life when you transition to do something like this as a commitment full time, because, you know, I know several yoga teachers out there and, you know, people who commit to, let's say, serve humanity or inspire humanity through this way. You know, it's a, it's a tough journey. Let's call it a journey to freedom. So can you just tell us a little bit more about like, what, was what was it? Like, what made you to be here today?
1: Yeah. Well, the first stuff, you know, it's interesting because there could be a story of just like, oh, you know, I was, you know, an international marketing manager for 10 years and then dropped everything and became a full-time yoga teacher. And it's like, yeah, well, it's not exactly how it happened. (laughs) It's kind of like, it kind of fits good on a bio if people would want to write it this way, but it's just not, I think what, and I think any transition in life is like that, you know, it's rarely this sort of like strong cut. What happened for me is I was indeed like, you in know, a, in a, I loved my job. I need to say that I loved my job. I really liked what I was doing. I was working with great people. I was traveling around the world. You know, it was fine. It's just that over time, and I think that's where, you know, yoga was my hobby. And it became something really important in my daily life. And it helped me to balance my demanding corporate life. And coming back to that sense of truth, I think it started to bring in some questions and some realizations. And mostly it started to bring a sense of disconnection between the things I really wanted and the things that really mattered to me and the things that I was actually filling my days with. Mm -hmm. And this misalignment just came to a point where it needed a change. And Mm -hmm. so what did happen is that I did quit my job, but I had no idea what I was going to do. I was not a yoga teacher. I had signed up for a teacher training for my own interest. It was not my backup plan, but I left my corporate job with the trust that I would know what to do. And I'm a firm believer of the why. I think we've talked about this before. I love, I mean, Simon Sinek is a big inspiration of mine. I love his theory about the why and this idea that, you know, anything meaningful we do starts with why. Mm-hmm. And Even before I even knew this theory, I actually realized I found my why. Mm -hmm. Also in the middle of a turmoil of, you know, burnout and stuff. I had a burnout after I quit my job, which is also, you know, something special, but it can happen. And there I just came to the why, actually. The why was like, I just want to do something that allows me to contribute to people feeling better about themselves. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty much exactly how the words came out of my mind at the time. And I didn't know what it was going to be. I thought maybe I could be like, I could have a guest house or maybe I could be like a private event organizer, you know, like a wedding planner or whatever. Or, you know, I had all these ideas of jobs
0: mm-hmm. coming to me.
1: But, they, but the why was always like, I want to create space for people to feel better. Mm-hmm. And then it's just kind of like, well, what's going to be the what and the how of that happening? And that's more of a kind of a one thing led to another story where I was... I did finish my teacher training and it was at the same time I was still in my burnout and showing up at the studio where I did my training in Zurich to be a volunteer and to talk to people kind of helped me to get back into the world. And then because I was around the owner there, Poonam, she did ask me when was like, oh, are you free to teach this class on Sunday? I was like, yeah, sure. And then one class led to teaching that class every week. And then this one class led to teaching two classes. And then at the same time in the area that I was in, I got a chance to have my own room and I was like, oh, okay, I guess I'm opening a yoga studio. And, you know, it kind of came from actually being in that sense of flow,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: you know, Mm -hmm. where you feel like things kind of come to you and they make sense rather than I'm going to quit my job and become a yoga teacher. It was not really how it happened. It was just kind of, you know, you create the space and the conditions and then the right things kind of come your way and they feel right and then you, you
0: trust. Mm-hmm. And I love the idea and reminder that starting with why, because if I think about your why and my why, they're very similar. But how we manifest why? it, it is the same. It's, you know, contributing towards making people feel better and create a space. And I think that's the beauty that when you work out the why, how you manifest it is, can be different, but it's trusting the process to see the invitation around in your life as you doing your inner work and as you're kind of growing and evolving as a person. Suddenly when Poonam, hello Poonam, by the way, virtual, hotel, <laughs> when she invites you to teach the yoga class, you're like, oh, okay, why not? Or when I get, you know, invitation to do a coaching course, I'm like, oh yeah, that sounds brilliant but knowing your why is a first step is just, you know, being aligned with your values. And I think that's so beautiful. Thank you for the reminder. I do want to come back to something which is very interesting about the burnout. I know I'm sorry, I'm going yes. to be addressing a big topic, which is like this post burnout. And I've been noticing something like we've just gone through a massive change as a world, as a humanity, you know, in terms of like, having to be in a lockdown different countries in a different way you know people losing jobs people having to close down the studios reshifting into online like doing all these massive changes which are really taking away a lot of like mental capacity and energy because we are literally like going from a one age like to a completely different age in a very short span of time and i'm noticing actually that we are all dealing with it in a different kind of timeline so some people would have like just gone with it and like made the changes and held the space and doing everything for others okay and now I'm noticing they're like okay we need a holiday (laughs) (laughs) and others would have perhaps had the meltdown you know the meltdown on the beginning being like I can't do all with this this is terrible it's a disaster I don't want to do anything I don't want to change my life like resistance and now they actually are okay so I think also recognizing that we are all very individual and when you are teaching i would love to understand how do you hold a space for all these different people being in a very different mental space and different energy ah that's such a good question
1: i mean ultimately i think it comes back to the why i mean everything comes back to the why you know is like even even this invitation to to do this podcast is like does it feed into my why you know is that is that contributing to creating space for others and you know is that hopefully it does. So the way helps me in that sense. That it's just like I'm here to be of service. It's not about me having that label. It's me being of service by creating that space. Creating that space means having that openness to the space. Could be for people that are having the meltdown or people that are on the go, go, go. And it's my position in it is neutral. Mm. And my position in it is to say there is no right way to feel. Uh And if you're feeling like this, this is what we can do. Also, maybe like in a practice level. And if you're feeling like this, this is what we can do. And -hmm. that's why, I mean, you're familiar to my classes. I always start my classes asking people, what can I do for you? Mm -hmm. What do you need? And it's not a gimmick. It's really just that depending on the feels that I get from people at that start of class what they say or their reaction to my question or even sometimes just realizing that they don't seem to know why they're here or you know it's like that feeds the input in terms of how can I sort of put together a nice little package that's going to address different things for different people Mm -hmm. and it's not to say that it hits right all the time because you know you you can't do that But that's definitely the intention behind it is just to say, what do you need? Uh And listening to the answer, Uh asking people how they are and listening to the answer. And then just being able to, then I go to my yoga box toolbox and then I pick up things there. And then, you know, depending on what people need, then I can peel up my tools. And then I know by the end of it, that this has addressed this and this and this need that I've actually asked people. So that's also the thing maybe to answer your question is that I don't assume what people need. Mm-hmm. I ask. Mm-hmm. And if I have zero feedback, I mean, I still, you know, cause it, it, it might sound, I realize it, but it might it's like I just show up and just completely improvise something. It's like It doesn't, you know, <laughs> ultimately you show up with an intention and with a plan. But first off, I'm always open to changing my plan. And second, I feel like there's also a sense of alignment that if you walk into the room with that connection to what you're willing to share, that's where the little you know sprinkle of magic happens that for some reason, the people that are in the room that day
0: kind of match that energy. Exactly. And I think for those who haven't experienced this way of, a yoga class or a group work. On the end of the day, it's it's amazing because we are always together. And like so many times, I come to a class, and you know, if you or Poonam is asking, oh, "Hey, would you guys want to work on?" If I don't say anything, and I have something, someone else would have asked for exactly the same thing, or you just literally hear the rest of the group going. Yeah, definitely the hips are all definitely like kind of getting rid of this energy of like tiredness, and it's so beautiful. I think on a two level because I think the power of community it reminds us that we are all going through similar thing. We may be at different stages, we might be you know from different backgrounds, but it's kind of like yoga is is a community. It's 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 this essence of. And that's what I love is like wherever I go in the world, I always found teachers and then the groups. And that's, that's another thing that there's like a universal language of we are all coming together, you know, somehow being held by the teachers, but at the same time sharing the energy together.
1: Totally. And I think that was really prominent in this time because, I mean, virtually, you know, none of these online classes were needed. There's plenty of content on YouTube. There's plenty of content on so many, you know, platforms that are wonderful. So it was not needed to have that. If you wanted to do yoga alone at home, well, at first you could have also done it with nothing, you know, just trusting your body, but you could also just like hit play on it old DVD. You know, these also exist. So the reason why the whole online thing happened is because ultimately we do have a need for connection and belonging. Exactly. And, and I think that's, that was also wonderful in a way to see that this can actually happen also through a screen and that sense of connection and space can be created through a screen, a screen which is to me, probably one of the biggest takeaway of the year because I, it's, it's new information to me. It's like, did I think that would have been possible? I just never considered it. Mm-hmm. And and now seeing the level of connection and, and heartwarming moments that I've had through through these classes and this type of teaching was very surprising and comforting Mm -hmm. at the same time, just to see that. And again, and that's why I always say, you know, people ask me sometimes, like, especially if I teach in companies or something and say, oh, you know, do you think it's okay if we do it like in the back of that meeting room or does it need to have its own room and something? I say, you know what? Yoga doesn't need to have, a beautiful studio with candles and incense and, you know, hundred dollars yoga pants and, and all of that. It's about creating the space for it. You can take mm-hmm. any space, any person in any moment, and you can create that experience. And I think that was so true. Now it was like, your living room can completely change atmosphere at the moment that you have a practice and maybe a teacher that's going to turn your living room into your yoga space Mm -hmm. and it doesn't need to be and it can be the same in like a dirty carpeted and personal meeting room in an office and of course it can be the same in a beautiful curated calm quiet you know nicely scented yoga studio but these are like the sugar coating (laughs) (laughs) ultimately you know i always say you know, if we come back to how do you create space? It's the same like, I mean, my studio is called Bubble Yoga for that reason. It's the idea of space, of creating a bubble a little bit outside your head, a little bit outside your daily. And for me, it starts with like every single person that comes to the studio. I welcome them by telling them what is the bubble and telling them it's a space of no judgment, no competition. It's a space where you can come and dance and it's a space where you can come and cry, depending what you need in your day or in your week. Mm-hmm. And it is a physical space. There is a studio in St. Gallen, Switzerland, but I feel like ultimately this is what I want to create any place that I go teach and the team that I have, the wonderful team of teachers that I have does the same. It's, it's not a physical thing. Mm-hmm. And it can go through a screen. It can go into a meeting room. It can go into university, you know, conference room where we're not going to do any yoga movement. And it's still this idea
0: of space. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful thing we are talking about here. And I, and I think I want to come back to this idea of the, of the bubble, okay? Mm-hmm. Because the accessibility of yoga, and, and like even though it's one of the hardest, it's probably the best time to be alive, to have access to these different tools, and creating this bubble for yourself, okay? And hopefully, like, this conversation is an invitation or a bridge for someone out there who hasn't actually tried it yet or someone who is like, well, I used to go to a yoga studio, but I, you know, I don't have a time or, you know, there's, like, so many changes in my life. Well, try the Zoom or try, you know, the different yoga studios. I mean, I'm so blessed that I get to be still practicing with you, whether it's through the you know, your studio, bubble yoga or Kunam Sanapurna, but it's, it's, you know, having studios in London and still getting to practice, even though I have a toddler at home, but it's the intention and the why behind it is to create that space, to create that bubble, to create that place where you can get in touch with what you need and how you feel with no judgment And yeah, that's like, I'm so excited to get reminded about these beautiful things. Thank you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) My pleasure. And you know, the thing is like, I love the inquiry you have. And that was your, your ask to me of like, how can we talk about it in a way that feels inviting to people that have maybe never set a foot in a yoga studio? And the thing that I say on this is like, I never try to convince anyone to come into yoga. All I can do is embody the benefit that it has for myself and maybe share my own experience of being like, look, this is what I've experienced. Or answer when people say like, oh, you know, you seem to be calmer than before. Oh, you know, it's like, you're, you know, you're strong. Like, what did you do? What type of exercise did you do to, you know, have these arms or have these this? And, And it was like, oh, I do yoga. You know, I think trying to convince people to come to a practice can never really work. I can write 10 pages or a book of article on the benefits of yoga and you can, you know, anyone can go and Google and say, what are the benefits of yoga? And they're going to tell you, you know, physically can do this for you mentally, emotionally, spiritually. But I kind of feel like, well, they don't need me to tell them that they can just, you know, go, you would probably find some article on yoga journal and, and they'll be well informed. And these are all true. These are all true. You know, it does have an amazing, effect on down regulating your nervous system on strengthening your immune system of building strength in your body and that you know it has all of that it is true physiologically ticks all the boxes but me telling that to someone it's not going to bring them to a yoga studio me embodying what the practice does for me and all the sides of it you know like we said not in a perfect manner not like a super sugar coated like pretty picture on instagram manner but like the honest way that maybe bring the curiosity. I was like, "Oh, I want that. Mm-hmm. I also don't want to be stressed all day long, and I want to believe that my body can do that. I want to try and see if that's true, you know." So, so that's the thing. I usually say, actually, I, I heard that one of my teachers said this one day, and I thought that was so amazing. He was like, "Don't trust anything I say," mm-hmm. because trust is a is a weird thing. Because if we trust, it takes away our own judgment mm-hmm. and so when people are curious about yoga and they ask me about it and you know should they go to practice or not and stuff and I'm like don't trust my experience don't trust my words mm-hmm. go and have your own experience mm-hmm. the only thing that I suggest to people is to ha- enter the experience with a sense of honest curiosity mm-hmm because I mean, you know, I'm kind of a nerd and I also love to study like neuroscience and all of that. And, (laughs) and so, you know, neuroscience shows us that our minds are lying to ourselves. Our Mm -hmm. minds are usually lying to ourselves on what are the things that are going to make us happy. And I love that episode you had just, I think a couple of days ago on like, you know, how to become more happy and all these things that we think if we have more money, we're going to be happy if we have, a you know, less weight or, and And our minds are lying to us. We get more money. We're still not happy. So it's just a projection of what is going to make us feel better. And so I usually tell people, like, enter with that honest curiosity. Don't decide before you go that it's not going to be for you. Also, don't decide before you go that you're going to love it. Mm -hmm. Because you don't know. Mm -hmm. But walk into the room with that sense of honest curiosity. Towards the experience you gotta have, Mm -hmm. and then you see, Mm -hmm. and then you can tell it's for me or it's not for me.
0: Yeah, and I absolutely love it because it goes back to your why. Okay, and if ever why in life, just generally, is staying in this place of curiosity, like Liam, my like three year old, like he goes around, like he has no expectations, but he's literally like, oh, I wonder what this is. Oh, I wonder what this tastes like. Exactly. I wonder what's going to happen if I push that button. It's literally just staying in that playfulness. And I think that's another thing that, you know, letting go of this idea of like seriousness as an outlook for life, for the present moment. And maybe I'll try it one day and maybe I won't. But right now, if there isn't, you know, if we ignited a little bit of inspiration, then maybe it's a good time to just try it and see what happens because neither of you and me may be, you know, maybe, may be right. (laughs) That's
1: exactly. And it's like, if there's any sense of curiosity, if anyone out there is inquiring about it or is maybe looking for tools, either on a physical level or, you know, curious also about meditation, you know, I'm passionate about meditation, wanting to find solution to reduce their stress or to connect to community or, or just to have a place where they can rest, you know, it's like whatever, maybe the, the spark may be. My only invitation is just like, go around and find out. And that means also sticking to it enough that you're not going to give up because you went to that one studio, that one teacher, and it didn't click. You know, it's like, you know, there's certain food that you're going to like cooked one way and not another way. Mm -hmm. and that you're going to like a certain time in the year and not another time in the year or a certain time in the day or in the week. And it's the same, you know, it's like we don't always like or need the same thing at the same time. And maybe that studio is not the right place for you. Just Mm -hmm. like you enter a restaurant and you kind of feel like this is my vibe or it's not my vibe. And it's just about having enough curiosity a commitment to that, you know, openness to try that you're going to maybe inquire a couple times
0: mm-hmm.
1: before you decide, like, yes, it's for me. And, you know, I've heard it so many times, you know, like people say like, you know, I teach these young adults at university and we talk about mindfulness and personal development and usually they start the year and, and it would be like, miss, are we going to do you like yoga and meditation and all of that? Because, you know, I've tried it before. It's not for me. And we're talking, you know, like 20, 25-year-old young adults that are like in masters and stuff. And I'm like, okay, we'll see. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm not going to force you to meditate, but we will practice meditation and then you tell me how you feel. But don't decide how you feel before we've tried it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like probably Liam would come in, you know, if he, if he pulls out some food that he's never eaten before, And he's just like, no, I don't like it. I was like, but you never had it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, showing up with that honest curiosity. Yeah, I love it.
0: Um, (laughs) Thank you so much. I mean, I could be talking to you for hours yes but it's a beautiful sunny friday afternoon and we're recording this podcast and i'm so excited that you came you found the time and i just feel like i'm sitting right next to you giving you this big hug and just love having you on so thank you so much
1: thank you so much for the opportunity to share and yes i hope that it's helpful to some ears somewhere yes okay bye thank you so much
0: Thank you so much for listening. Please make sure you subscribe to the podcast, share it, or tell a friend about it. Until next time.